Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Dana Skaggs. After graduate school in clinical psychology, Dana worked in community mental health for seven years and then served at a psychiatric hospital, a rehabilitation hospital, and seven school districts. She's been a board member of Intermountain Psychological Association for four years. After having her third child in 2001, she decided to become a stay-at-home mom and was able to do that for over six years. When her youngest went to first grade, she started back to work conducting disability evaluations. She was grateful for that experience after having been home for years, but discovered her desire was for private practice, which she has done for over 15 years. Dana has taught several classes on boundaries, which led to the development of her podcast, Phoenix and Flame. In the episode, Dana shares why it's important to set boundaries, how enabling can backfire, tips for setting healthier boundaries, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, thrivemarket.com. I don't know about you, but I used to think eating healthy meant I had to spend a lot of time and money at the grocery store. That is until I discovered Thrive Market. Thrive is an online grocery shopping platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive delivers groceries directly to your door, they're able to cut out all middle people and heavily discount their inventory. When I buy groceries on Thrive versus going to my local supermarket, I save at least $20 per order, and I'm able to fill up my cart from the comfort of my couch. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market, or just click through the link in the show notes. All right, it's time to hear from Dana. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Dana. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Thank you, Brooke. I'm so happy to be with you. This is so exciting. I've had other therapists on before talking about different topics, um, and they're usually a big hit because I think we're all looking to improve our mental health in one way or another. And other therapists have mentioned boundaries. And so we've always touched on the topic of boundaries, but I know that this is your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to dive deep into boundaries with you today. I would love if you could start off by just sharing with us, first of all, what led you to become a psychotherapist and then to eventually focus on boundaries? Okay, no problem. Actually, one of the reasons why 
I went into psychotherapy is also the reason why I have ended up being called the queen of boundaries. Um, I was raised in a fairly, you know, middle-class, regular family. The only difference was uh, my mother had uh, a few mental illnesses and they've lasted a really long time. And when I was growing up and into my adult years as well, I had to learn how to set boundaries um, to be around her. And I think when I started getting interested in psychology was because a part of me wondered and hoped that if I could just learn more about uh, the psyche, if I could learn more about how all of this worked, then possibly I could help her. Maybe I could protect myself. It's, it's, I don't know the, the stats, but I know there's a large percentage of therapists who go into that field because they're trying to gain some insight on their own situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so boundaries then became your focus really from you, things you'd gone through in your own life. Well, that's how it started. I got, okay. I had a just front seat view, uh, front seat position going through it personally in, in that situation with someone that I very much loved and cared about. But if you didn't have boundaries, things went sideways really fast and then also when I started my private practice about 15 years ago, I started noticing over the years that I really couldn't get through a day and then sometimes couldn't get through a session without realizing that the core of the person's issues was a boundary issue. Huh. And this happened more and more and more. And I just found myself talking about it so much over the months and then over the years that that coupled with my own personal experience of the necessity of boundaries and what it can provide you, um, that's what kind of led me into this whole boundaries area. When you say boundaries, what exactly do you mean by that? Okay. So boundaries is basically understanding what belongs to you and what does not belong to you. It is also knowing, um, so, well, let me give you an example. Let's say that you notice how most people, when they go out to mow their yard, let's assume there's no fencing and they're going out to mow their yard. Have you ever noticed that most people know where to stop mowing almost to the <laughs> inch, you know, yeah. even though let's say hypothetically that their neighbor's yard is grossly overgrown and needs to be mown badly, but we don't mow their yard, do we? No. No, because it's not our yard. We mow our yard and we know exactly where to stop mowing because we have property lines. Well, boundaries are sort of like emotional property lines that we know what we have control of, what belongs to us, and also on the flip side of that, what we're in charge of managing. And then we're also aware of what is not in our property lines. So if you think about it, our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions are all within our yard. They are all within our property lines. 
So we own those, we have a right to them, and we have a responsibility to manage them in a healthy way. What is not in our yard are other people's thoughts, other people's feelings, and other people's actions. Those are not things that we are responsible for controlling or managing. Not that they don't impact us. Like if you had a neighbor and they were throwing a big old party in the backyard, uh, say they were just really enjoying themselves, smoking weed, all kinds of stuff. Well, that might be <laughs> might be wafting over into your yard, but that's not that's their party. They have a right to throw it in their yard. And even though we're impacted by our neighbors, we're not responsible for them. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really great way to describe that. I've never thought about it in the visual that you just presented. Mm-hmm. So now that we understand what boundaries are, can you explain more why they matter? I, I know they matter, but let's say somebody's listening and they're just thinking, well, okay, yeah, but... So what? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome because that's the way I think. I listen to people and there's a part of my mind that's going, yeah, big deal. So what? What?" (laughs) So I totally respect those those people that are thinking that. Well, let me give you a couple of examples of boundary breaches and we can kind of go from there. Great. So use some, I'm kind of a visual person. So let's use some visual uh, imagery. So let's say you have a house and you're like on the, say you have a front porch. So just create one in your, in your mind, even if you don't actually have a front porch and you're out on your front porch and you look over to your left and for all, for the sake of this visualization, let's imagine that you have some white picket fencing that delineates your yard from your neighbor's yard. Mm-hmm. And you walk out some morning and you've got your cup of coffee and you look over to your left and your neighbor comes out of her house in her, in her robe and her slippers And she comes and walks across her lawn and then she leans across the picket fence and she's looking at your yard. And by the way, I must say that you've spent a lot of time in your yard. You have spent time down at Lowe's or Home Depot. You've examined the soil type. You've considered the type of sun you have. You've chosen mulch. You've put a whole lot of work into your yard and you're very proud of it. Well, she comes to her fence line And she leans across it and she's looking at your flowers and she says, those are the ugliest flowers I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the first question is, is that a boundary breach? Well, the answer is no. She's rude, okay, uh, but she has a right to her opinion. Now, let's say that she takes her coffee cup that she has and she walks to the edge of her property and she opens her gate and she walks down the sidewalk and she opens the gate into your yard and she walks into your yard and begins to pull all your flowers up out of the soil. Is that a boundary breach? Yes, it is because she's in your property pulling your flowers up. Now on an emotional level, what that would look like is if someone had different opinions, different thoughts or different feelings than you had, and they did not like your thoughts, your feelings or your opinions, and they decided to tell you, you can't think those things. You're not allowed to feel that. You're not allowed to think that. You're not allowed to have that opinion because it doesn't match what I like. That's one type of boundary breach. So since we have our yard, we need to know that we have a right 
to our own thoughts. We have a right to how we feel, even if nobody else understands our thoughts, feelings, or actions, even if no one else approves them, and even if no one else accepts them. They don't have to. If they don't like them, they don't have to have them in their own yard. But you have a right to yours in your yard. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's one type of boundary breach. Now I've got another one I can give you, but do you have any questions about that one first? No, I, so then what would be an example? I guess I do have a question. Okay. (laughs) So the boundary breach is somebody saying you're not allowed to have those opinions. So the non-boundary breach is then just somebody saying, I disagree with you. Exactly. Okay. So you think of a, a healthy conversation like around politics or something, which you rarely can listen to these days. But if you, yeah. if you happen to yeah, stumble across the, the unicorn of a healthy political yeah. conversation, the, the, the healthy political debate, which is, like I said, the unicorn. But if that were if you were to stumble upon something like that, it would be people that were saying, I see what you're saying. I don't agree with it, but I understand that you have a right to your opinion. Mm-hmm. As I have a right to my opinion, our opinions are polar opposites, but we know that we each have a right to our own opinion. That would be healthy. And before I give you the, the other boundary breach, I want to point out and say that as an example, you don't normally walk around thinking about your throat, do you? No. No. But if you have strep throat, you do. You're thinking about it a lot because it hurts. Yeah. Well, in relationships, if you are in a healthy relationship with someone, the thought of boundaries rarely surfaces because both of you are naturally respecting one another's boundaries. And so you don't really think of even that word. It doesn't even come up. But if you are in a relationship with someone who is unhealthy and they are not respecting your boundaries, then you're thinking about it quite a bit. Okay, so an example would be to back to your question, if a woman happens to be or a guy, either one happens to be in a relationship with someone who's very controlling. And let's say the woman, she's like she's wanting to she's upset about something. And this is going to be a harsh example, but I'm going to give it anyway. Let's say she's in a relationship with a with a male and the guy doesn't like her crying. And so he slaps her. And says, shut up, you don't have anything to cry about. That is an example of somebody coming into the yard and jerking the flowers up. Uh Saying, I don't like that crying. I don't agree with that crying. So you're not going to cry. Suck it up. You don't have a right to have those feelings because I don't like them. And so then the woman will go on. If she doesn't get out of that relationship, she will go on believing and feeling that What's the only thing that's appropriate to think or feel is what her partner wants her to think or feel. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then, I mean, that's physical abuse, but then I'm sure emotional abuse mm-hmm. falls into that same category, right? So would it just be saying like, you don't have a right to cry? Yes. Just, okay. But then that's still a boundary breach, even if it's not physical. Absolutely. If anyone, if anyone's trying to make you feel some kind of way that you can't have your, you don't have a right to your thoughts or they might disagree with them. They might disapprove them and they have a right to have all those feelings, but you have a right to yours as well. Right. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear your other example. I love examples. Or maybe that was the other example. No, no, that wasn't the oh, other okay. one. <laughs> that was just okay. explaining that first one. Good. Okay. All right. So let's say that it's a Friday evening and you've worked all week and you're home and you're kind of glad for the weekends on the way. You're kind of in a good mood and you've got your glass of tea or glass of wine or whatever your preference is. And you're standing out on your front porch again and you have a neighbor on the right side this time. And this neighbor loves to throw parties on Friday nights. And so all here comes all the cars parking up and down the road. Here comes the Domino's delivery <laughs> car. And the guy gets out and he has so many boxes of pizza. They're lined up all the way from the bottom of his hand all the way up to his chin. And so he's he's delivering the pizzas. You've got the guests coming and they've, they're carrying in their, their half cases of beer. And they're just going to have a good time. They've got the music going and there's a bunch of people over there and it's pretty loud and they're having a good time. So the first question is, is what your neighbor over there having this very loud party on a Friday night? Is that a boundary breach? Assuming it's not above the, the noise pollution threshold. Well, no. I mean, it's kind of a little bit annoying because you're wanting to relax. You've worked all week, but your neighbor really loves throwing parties. That's not a boundary breach because your neighbor is in his property he has a right to enjoy parties and he has a lot of friends and they enjoy pizza and beer and they're going to come over there and they're going to listen to some music and have a good time. So let's say you just go on in the house and close the door and you can watch you some TV, whatever you want to do. Well, you get up the next morning and since you got a pretty good night's sleep, you're, you're up early and you're ready to go. So you're out in the front porch and you look over and you notice your neighbor's yard is nasty. I mean, there are empty pizza boxes, beer bottles, beer cans all over the place. And you're thinking, you know, he's probably going to have a hangover. And so I want to do one of those random acts of kindness. You know, I want to go over there. I'm going to get one of those large, extra large, stretchy um, trash bags. Go over there and clean up the yard. So you go over there. Let's say you clean up the yard and you, you haul off all the trash. Well, then the neighbor comes out about two o'clock, kind of crawls out of his front door, squinting his eyes at the sun, looks over at you. And at this time, you happen to be on your porch as well. And you said, hey, neighbor, hey there, just I cleaned up your yard. No worries. I knew you weren't going to be feeling good. I had some time. So I, I cleaned up your yard for you. And he is so, so, so thankful. He could just kiss your feet almost. <laughs> so then let's say... This continues on for about seven more weeks, him throwing a party every Friday night and you're getting up Saturday morning and going over there cleaning up his yard because you're a morning person. You've got the energy to do it and you're trying to care for your neighbor. So you've done this like eight weeks total and then comes the next Saturday morning and you have something else planned and so you do not clean up his yard. So you happen to be out on your front porch when he comes out at two o'clock and this time he walks out and he sees his yard is all nasty. It's got all the pizza boxes and the beer bottles and the beer cans that you normally clean up, but it's all over his yard this time. After eight weeks of you cleaning it up. So this time he looks over to you. What do you imagine he's going to say this time? Why didn't you clean up my yard? Yep. He's, <laughs> he's going to be angry because you didn't clean up his yard. Now, why do you think he's angry? Because he expects it. Exactly. Why does he expect it? Because you've done it. Yep. Because you've trained him that you would. So you went over there 
And that's a different kind of boundary breach. Well, basically what you did was you prevented him from experiencing the natural consequences of his choices. So his throwing a party on Friday night would create a mess Saturday morning. The natural consequence of that choice was he was going to have to get up Saturday whenever he got up and in the afternoon and clean his yard up. But he never had to do that because you did it for him. So not only did that probably increase the likelihood of him having Friday night parties because there was never a consequence, but then you trained him that you were going to come into his yard and deal with a consequence that doesn't belong to you. It was his consequence, but you took it away. You dealt with it and then you trained him that you would. So now that he expects you to do it because you trained him that you would. Do you see how that's right. another type of boundary breach? Yeah, it's it's kind of the inverse, right? It backfires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think you're doing a good thing, but then it backfires. Yes, we have to be alert about what we're training other people to expect from us. Because if you've been in a relationship with someone for a while and they expect a certain thing from you, it's because you've trained them to expect that. Now, if you've Mm -hmm. just met somebody once or twice, that's not, that doesn't apply. But if you've been with somebody for a while, if you're annoyed because they expect you to do a certain kind of thing, then the healthier thing to do might be to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what have you been doing to train this other person to expect a certain thing from you? Right. I imagine this is one that happens a lot of times with parents and children. Mm Mm-hmm. Where if the kid's not picking up the toys or doing their laundry or something, then you can't really blame them if you've been doing it for them. Yes. Why would they do it then? Exactly. Why should they? You're doing it. Yeah. Okay. And it can also work, as you said, with a partner or really anyone. Anybody. It can be a coworker. It can be a friend. Um, It can be a romantic interest. Anybody. So the coworker, it's kind of you're cleaning up their mess mm-hmm. for them, and then they're never sort of it's, the, the light is never shown on them that they're not doing their job properly. Exactly, like say for instance that they happen to be a lover of um, taking long lunches and being on their phone a lot, so they don't get their work done. Well, at the end of the day, they have this work left over. Well, then they come to you and they say, "Oh man, you know, I've had such a busy day." Would you mind helping me out a little bit? I noticed that you're really on top of it. You're such an efficient worker. Would you mind helping me with mine? And so since you're trying to be a nice person, you'd be like, well, sure, no problem. Well, but this will continue on and on and on. And then the coworker is just expecting you to do their work because you keep saying that you will. So then you're the one that goes home and you barely have enough time to put supper together. You don't even have time to spend with your family because you're doing your coworkers work, which they don't have to do because you're doing it. Yeah. It sounds then, correct me if I'm wrong, that enabling yes. is a type of boundary. Breach. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Why do people have trouble setting healthy boundaries? Is it because maybe they don't even realize that something like enabling is a boundary or what are typically the reasons? Um, Absolutely to your question. Yes. And then sometimes it's because it's the way they were raised. Sometimes it's because of trauma they've been through. 
um, I can give you some examples. Like a uh, um, common example would be a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. They need to just please everybody around them because they're terrified. Because when I get these people in my private practice, I end up asking them, what do you think is going to happen if you don't please this person? And if they say, well, I don't know. And I say, well, clearly you think something's going to happen because you're very motivated to please them. So in those instances, you have people that sometimes they are uh, afraid of people's anger, maybe because they grew up in a home where there was a lot of yelling or they needed approval or the, the list goes on and on. So they're very motivated to please other people, which that means is, is they end up emptying themselves out of their own thoughts, their own feelings, their own desires and wants in favor of what they think the other person is going to want. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when you're in somebody else's yard, basically trimming their bushes and painting their shutters and raking their leaves while your house, by the way, looks like you're losing at Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're you're the one, your house, there's only, there's one person on this planet that has been given the responsibility of keeping you together, just one, and that's you. And if you are spending your time in everybody else's yard, making sure they're happy, your yard is going to be crazy town. It's going to be all overrun with, weeds and all kinds of stuff. Your shutters are going to be falling off and paints, you know, flaking off and, and nobody, it's nobody else's job to keep your yard together. It's, it's yours. Do people often think that setting boundaries is selfish, especially somebody like a people pleaser? Yes. They frequently think it's selfish, but I, I can argue the contrary because what happens is when you're a people pleaser, sooner or later, you're going to end up feeling bitter and resentful. Right. And then your wheels start getting wobbly and shaking and falling off because then you start developing this, this bitterness and this resentment starts coming out in the form of passive aggression, in your tone of voice, in the, the slamming of cabinets or these other things. When someone doesn't feel comfortable for whatever reason expressing they're upset with words. They try to do it with behavior. That's passive aggression. And so when someone has that bitterness and resentment inside because they are, they're choosing not to tend to their own yard, but they perceive it as other people taking it from them. And so then they're not cheerful. They are bitter. They are resentful. And how does that help them to really serve those around them in the long run? Mm-hmm. Hey there, health investor. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just popping in here for a quick minute to share an exciting opportunity with you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in sustainable weight loss. If you've been struggling to lose weight and actually keep it off, I'd love to connect with you in my group or one-on-one coaching program. Unlike restrictive, hard-to-follow diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed habits and an everything-in-moderation mindset so that you can lose weight permanently, feel completely in control of your cravings, have steady energy throughout the day, and stick with healthy habits long-term. 
To learn more about my coaching programs and apply to work with me, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. Now back to the episode. So then how do you overcome that? (laughs) If you feel selfish or you are a people pleaser, let's say, how do you, how do you start setting healthier boundaries? Well, you can start, um, and sometimes people might end up in therapy trying to work through some of the underlying causes, but start by realizing what you're responsible for and what you are not. For example, let's say part of, like I said before, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions are in your yard, and it's your responsibility to manage those things. So for example, if someone said something to you and it upset you, you became upset because of what they said, and you couldn't let it go. Now, if you can just, if you can fling it off and let it go, who cares, right? We can't be, you know, just going on and on about every single little thing, every jot and tittle. We just, ain't anybody got time for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's what I call boomerang issues. If you try to fling something off and it comes boomeranging back in the form of intrusive thoughts, and you just, you keep trying to fling it away because you don't really want to think about it. You don't really want to do anything about it, but it keeps boomeranging back. And there it is in your mind again as an intrusive thought. Well, if you look out in your yard and you see boomerangs out there, that means you have to pick up that boomerang. You need to walk across your yard and you need to open up conversation with your neighbor about the issue, the boomerang issue, the thing that you can't let go. Now, it's your responsibility to communicate truthfully, but to do it respectfully because your thoughts, your feelings, your actions are your responsibility. So what happens sometimes is people hold things in. They think they're doing everybody a favor by holding this in. No, they're not. Because the more that gets held in, the more pressure that builds up. And Mm -hmm. and let me tell you, only so much can build up. And then then they're going to blow. Right. And when they blow they're going to be very inappropriate with their behavior. They're going to be screaming. They're going to be throwing things. They're going to be very obnoxious. They're going to have a lot of tone in their voice. And that's their responsibility. That's not okay. So the better thing to do is to acknowledge one boomerang at a time rather than letting a whole bunch of them pile up. You pick up one boomerang. You walk across your yard. You open up conversation with your neighbor. Now back to your question. Once I communicate my issue with my neighbor, I say, you know, the other day you made a comment about my sister and it, you know, just really hit me the wrong way. And I found myself just reacting in a very negative way. And I, I don't want to continue to feel this way. I just wonder if we could talk about it. Did, did you mean, you know, what you said? Did maybe I misunderstood you? Maybe there was some miscommunication. Let's just talk about it. So that is on, that's on you to do, to open up that conversation and to try to talk it through. Now, here's what you cannot control. You cannot control how your neighbor is going to receive your information, nor can you control how they're going to respond back to you. So hypothetically, let's say that your neighbor hears you and just really gets very upset by what you said and decides to hold a grudge. Well, you are not responsible for those things. It is not comfortable to be around someone who's holding a grudge, but their grudge is theirs. It's their feelings. It's technically inside their brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
there's something that's helpful to remember. It's the three C's. Uh, this was actually coined when the addiction um, awareness was really rising in the 1970s. But it's remember these three things. Whatever's going on with the other person, you did not cause it. You cannot control it. And you cannot cure it. Because their thoughts and their feelings are in their brain, not yours. What you do have control over and responsibility for are your own thoughts and your own feelings and your own actions. So if you let a whole lot of boomerang issues build up and then you go just throwing them all at your neighbor all at one time with all this anger and vitriol, that's on you. That's not okay. But if you're respectful about it, you approach your neighbor and you say, I want to I want to open up conversation about something. I'm feeling some kind of way and it's uncomfortable and I'm thinking that maybe there's some misunderstanding. Let's talk about this. Then you've done exactly the appropriate thing. But if they don't like what you say and if they decide to react with anger or to hold a grudge, that's not your responsibility. Yeah. Seems like setting better boundaries a lot of the times comes down to communication which I think is something a lot of us struggle with especially if it's going to be kind of awkward communication Mm -hmm. well and there's a there is a um uh misunderstanding out there about some people feel like setting boundaries you have to be confrontational yeah I would say it's the opposite the calmest most peaceful people I know are the ones that have a very good understanding about what belongs to them and what does not. So what does belong to them, they are calmly communicating it. What does not belong to them, they are not taking responsibility for it. The people who are angry and confrontational, they have lost control of their emotions. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that is not they have they have built up too many boomerang issues or maybe they have some trauma from the past and they're being triggered and they're just splashing that out all over somebody else. That is their responsibility. And that's not okay. When you are setting healthy boundaries, you are respectful because you are responsible for your actions and communicating to other people. Because another thing about boundaries is we are not expected to read one another's minds. Mm -hmm. Your neighbors cannot read your mind. So if you are upset about something, it's your responsibility to inform the other person if you can't let it go. If you can let it go, that's wonderful. But if you cannot let it go and it comes boomeranging back in the form of intrusive thoughts and you find your anger building up, then you need to explain that to your neighbor because they cannot read your mind and it is not their responsibility to read your mind. And likewise, it's not your responsibility to read your neighbor's mind. Mm -hmm. So then setting, it's more, you set boundaries as kind of a proactive approach versus letting things build up and then you become really reactive. Yes. And confrontational. And so... Boundary setting can be very calm. Yes, it is very calm. Yes, if you're yeah, if okay. you're doing it correctly, if you're and you're practicing it on a regular basis, and it's better if you go into a new relationship with healthy boundaries and then you train them. For example, that if if something happens and you don't like it, you're going to go to the person and you're going to say, "Hey, can we talk about what happened yesterday?" 
you're not going to, you know, push it down inside yourself, act like it didn't happen and then get all bitter and resentful and act passive aggressive. And the next time, you know, next month you're in the office slamming cabinets around. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's also good how you point out that you have to, you have this discerning moment too of, did this really bother me or did it not? Is it kind of that idea of choose your battles mm-hmm. where not everything is a battle necessarily in terms of confronting a person, but you choose your battles and the ones that are worth discussing, you, you address those. Yes. You, and your choice, the, the power is in the choice and your knowledge that you can either say something or you can choose not to, but if you choose not to, then you have to let it go. Mm -hmm. I think this is so helpful, this conversation, because I've always thought of boundaries more of just time I guess that's the only way I thought of them of just, you set, you say no to hanging out with somebody and you set a boundary so that you can have more time and space to yourself. And I've never really thought about it in terms of emotional boundaries, but as you said, I I think you realize this too, when a bunch of people were coming into your practice and a lot of the issues they were having had to do with boundaries. So maybe people like me aren't realizing this. <laughs> a lot of things boil down to boundaries. Oh, a lot. Well, and you have a very good point, Brooke, because the time is a form of a boundary. Yeah. A geographical distance is another form of a boundary. I've, right. I've run into people that had a really uncomfortable relationship with someone and they decided to create geographical distance because they didn't really want to address the issue where they felt like the other person was just going to continue to behave in a dysfunctional way toward them. And they just didn't want to be around it. And they had that choice. And so they would literally move away to create geographical distance. We can also do that with emotional detaching. We can decide that a person is not particularly safe for us to share our emotions with. And so we might be cordial with that individual and kind, but we're not going to show them or reveal to them our vulnerabilities because for different ways along the way, they have revealed that they were not safe for us to share. So since they're not safe for us to share our vulnerabilities with, we can still have them in our life on some level, but we're emotionally detached. That's another form of a boundary. Mm. Are there different, I mean, you mentioned some geographical location, time, emotional detachment. Are there others that are just easy to name um, in terms of categories, if you will? Well, you have like social boundaries where you can decide where you're going to go and who you're going to go with. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a group of people, um, physical boundaries are easy things to know, like um, a parking, parking lot line so that we all have a, a place to park. I mean, imagine what a parking lot would be like if there were no white lines. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Or a road. Yeah. Yes, or a road road with no lines. We'd all be out there just crazy town, just driving everywhere. (laughs) I mean, so take that same uh, premise and apply it to the emotional terrain. There has to be some kind of line so that we understand where we're going, how to get there, and we can do that safely. And the, the lines on the roads help us to do that. Like think of also within a home, the walls that separate the bedroom from the bathroom. That's a, that's a physical boundary. Doors are physical boundary. If you're at work, a carol separates your, your space from your neighbor's space. 
So you're responsible for your space. You're not responsible for your neighbor's space. Those are examples of physical boundaries. And as you're giving all these examples, we have boundaries around us all the time. Yes. But I guess maybe we don't think then we should kind of create lines in terms of our emotions in the same way that there are lines in a parking lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so grateful for you sharing this today. Honestly, I, when I saw you specialize in boundaries, it's been such not an afterthought, but it's been such a quick conversation on other podcasts with therapists that I was really wondering how could we do a whole episode on boundaries? But I think <laughs> you really proved that they matter so much more and there's so much more to them than I had ever given consideration. I'm sure listeners probably feel the same. So very grateful for everything you shared with us. One of the final questions I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? Well, I've, I've thought about that question and I love it. Um, Brooke, I would say for, for your listeners that if someone feels like they have a boundary issue, the health investment is to make a decision to, to change the behavior. To invest in something is to decide and to make action, to do something actionable, not just, I mean, there's a, there's a place for contemplating. There's a place for thinking. There's a place for gathering information. But at some point, if we identify that we have an issue, we are responsible for doing something about it. Maybe that means getting help from a therapist. You know, mm -hmm. maybe that means reading a book or, or, but at the end of the day, make the changes, invest in it, do the work, see the outcome, see the changes. Yeah. I love that action. You have to take action, right? You can't just think about taking action. <laughs> yes. Where can listeners follow and find you? Well, right now um, I'm in the process of building up some different um, social media sites. So you can, oh. they can all go to phoenixandflame.com. That's right now where all of my podcast um episodes are housed. And actually the first four episodes, one, two, three, and four, which were launched back in 2020, those are all on boundaries, just oh, wow. solely on boundaries. Of course, I bring it up periodically through other episodes because I can't not because it's right there in front of me. I just see it everywhere. But the first four episodes are just solely talking about the, the basic ideas of boundaries. So that's at phoenixandflame.com. And they can go to you know, iTunes, they go to Spotify, Deezer, wherever they want to, or they can go to phoenixandflame.com. I also am updating my LinkedIn um, social media site. Um, and coming up probably in January, I'm going to be putting together an online boundaries course. Hmm. I'm currently working with a consultant group about developing that. It's going to be about 14 modules. That will be seven weeks um, of people that we can, we'll meet together once a week on zoom for, so I can help people apply that as they listen to the two uh, modules and I give them exercises to apply, to work on in their life. And then we'll meet together once a week on zoom. That way, if they have any problems, if they have any confusion, any questions or whatever, they can ask me and I can answer them. We can talk together as a group so that they can really help them. And to use your word to invest, 
to get that investment in their life, to make it actionable, to make it actually happen. So hopefully I'm going to get all those those T's crossed and I's dotted by uh, January to have that available. Awesome. Well, I will link to your website and I'll actually put individual links to each of those four podcast episodes you mentioned. So they're very clickable and people can get right to those to explore this topic with you more. Awesome. And I just want to thank you again so much for being here and for really opening my eyes and my mind to a new way of thinking about boundaries. And again, I'm sure you did that for listeners as well. So thank you so much, Dana. Thank you, Brooke, so much. It was great being on your podcast. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.